welcome to Unbossed. I'm Nina Turner. I'm so glad that you're here. And this is Monday, so it's Jackson White Monday. Jackson, we're so glad you're here with us today. Hey, it's like I told you before we got on the show, I'm 10 types of terrific today. You know what I'm saying? I got all the energy, I got all the positivity. I don't always have it all. And I got a dresser full of clean clothes because you know how I be slipping on that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm feeling pretty good. It's a good Monday. The weather's warming up and I'm here to spread the sunshine. So let's 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 put on a good show for the people. Come on with it. I love that. <laughs> 10 types of terrific. 10 types, you so know what I'm saying? The audience <laughs> and me something to say when somebody says, ask the question, how you feeling? 10 types of terrific today. And you got that from Jackson White, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? From, right, and I got that from Jackson White, amen yep. to that. Well, thanks amen. Jackson so much for that. Oh, We're going into territory that is not so terrific. We're talking about the one and only Governor D. Sanctimonious, D. Santis himself. And he keeps up his tyranny, his anti-black rhetoric and legislation continues. Watch this. First bill that I'll be signing is SB 266. Um, and what this does is reorient our universities uh, back to their traditional mission. And part of that traditional mission is to treat people as individuals, not to try to divvy them up based on any type of superficial characteristics. Uh, we had to uh, look at this new concept, relatively new concept, called diversity, equity, and inclusion. It, it had probably been there a few years ago, but then kind of the post-BLM uh, rioting in the George Floyd summer of 2020, I think you saw it really take off. This has basically been used as a veneer to impose an ideological agenda, uh, and that is wrong. And in fact, if you look at the way this has actually been implemented across the country, uh, DEI is, is better um, viewed as standing for discrimination, exclusion, and indoctrination. And that has no place in our public institutions. America, there's just something wrong with this man. There's no other way to describe it. So I'm just gonna give it to you straight, no chaser. Jackson, let's take some of his, what he said, an ideological agenda. And he's talking about diversity and inclusion and equity programs. But he's the one with the ideological agenda. He talked about the BLM summer, you know, BLM and George Floyd summer. Well, for those of you who may have been on planet Mars and not know what BLM stands for, the Black Lives Matter movement, calling it out. And that was the biggest mass movement in this country's history so far. And we know that George Floyd was killed in the streets, cameras rolling. And yes, it set people off because the police officer put his knee on this man's neck. And even though people was telling him not to do it, he did not care. I mean, are you, it's something wrong with this man. And then Jackson, when he says reorient to Trish, to traditional values or something like that, he used the word traditional. Traditional as in not letting black students attend certain colleges and universities in this yes. country, which is one of the reasons <laughs> why we needed HBCUs in the first place. Is that the tradition that this dude is talking about going to all of his calls, Jackson? And then he talks about superficial concepts, like teaching the truth about this country, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, Jackson, we just, I'm just I just pulled a few th- few words from his own mouth. I'm ready to hear your thoughts about this. Well, it, it, it absolutely is American tradition to not include people who aren't white. 
Um, in fact, the further back you go, the more of a tradition that becomes. So anytime people talk about we have to you know, go back to the good old days. Well, I mean, even if you just go back to the 60s and the 50s, you look at things like redlining, you look at segregation laws. And again, the further back you go, the more messed up it gets. Just in human history, period. You know what I'm saying? Like just in terms of like how war torn we are and just our attitudes towards one another and tribalism. So going backwards doesn't really make much sense. And also, what 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 are the good old days too? Like before Roe, because he also signed that six-week abortion ban into effect. And pretty much everything that he's doing is hugely unpopular um, with the broader Americans. And all these reports coming out about how he's just kind of like a very unlikable person. He doesn't really have charisma. More and more people saying that. So um, as he gets ready to throw his hat into the 2024 presidential uh, primary or the Republican primary, I still don't think he's going to do well. Um, but uh, you know, I think it's a good time for progressives to take advantage of this because I really don't think Ron DeSantis is going to pan out to be like this super juggernaut of the Republican Party, like a lot of people think he is. Not to say that he isn't influential, but I think he's incredibly beatable um, because the it, I just don't think he has it. Nonetheless, he's passing terrible policies. That's and that is it right there, Jackson. And I hope that he's not. He will be horrible for this country. And I'm gonna continue to say this. He will be, in my estimation, worse than Donald J. Trump. And that's saying a whole lot to say that somebody would be worse. And you know, just even in my conversations with the team earlier today, as we were thinking about our, you know, the segments, this man has real power right now. Donald Trump had the power as the president. This man has the power right now and he's using it in very awful, tremendously awful and consequential ways. So now this was Governor DeSantis right now, like earlier this morning, not yesterday, not two days ago, not two weeks ago, bragging about this racist, anti-black and anti-anybody that's not white. Bill, and here's more from the law. We're gonna put this up. Florida's new law prohibits colleges from spending state or federal money on DEI efforts. These programs often assist colleges in increasing student and faculty diversity, which can apply to race and ethnicity, as well as sexual orientation, religion, and social economic status. So you don't want to see people who are diverse in the mix, whether it's teaching lessons, whether it's on the faculty or staff, he just doesn't want to see it. So Jack, and your point about the further we go back in human history, in most cases, the worse it gets, and this is really what this man is doing. The article from the Washington Post goes on, the law also forbids public colleges from offering general education courses. Those that are part of a required curriculum for all college students that distort significant historical events, teach identity politics, or are based on theories that systemic racism, sexism, oppression, or privilege are inherent in the institutions of the United States and were created to maintain social, political, or economic inequities. Now, you know what, Jackson? I haven't brought her out in a long time, but I'm bringing her out because I'm about <laughs> to blow my. I'm about to blow my stack. Okay, I was gonna say the f bomb all the way through. Um, Hey, hey, Suze, put that back up. Put that quote back up, because I want, I want, I want people to understand this. Where Jackson and I are going, this mofo, and that's what he is. 
He is unqualified to be dog catcher. And I'm sorry, dog catchers, because y'all do a noble job. So he is unqualified to be dog catcher. Yet, Florida, y'all got this man running your state. The law also forbids public colleges from offering general education courses. This man ain't nobody's teacher. He don't have no pedagogy. So he gonna sit up here and try to govern the state of Florida and tell teachers what the hell they can teach in the classrooms in America. So those that are part of a required curriculum for all college students that distort significant historical events. I wanna know American, I'm asking for a friend. What historical events are being distorted in this man's mind? Is it distortion that Anglo-Saxon Protestant folks that is it is a distortion to say that white people of wealth came over to this land and took it from the Native Americans, from the indigenous people. Is that distortion, America, or is that the fucking truth? Is it distortion that Columbus got lost, right? And then with disease, genocided the native population, didn't know where the hell he was going. Is that distortion? Is it distortion to say that some Africans came over to this joint before Columbus and didn't try to take the mofo over and steal people's land? Is it distortion that white women were treated as extensions of their children and had no, rarely any rights in this country? Now that don't mean that they wasn't in cahoots. With some of these white men that were taking over because we let white women off the hook too much for me. But is that distortion? Is it distortion to say that this country was built on chattel slavery? That means that black people, that means that Africans and their descendants were treated like a chair, like a dog, like a cat, like a cow, worse than that. And that generationally America, that generationally their children and children's children were held in bondage. Is that the kind of distortion that this dude is talking about? How abolitionists had to come into the game, how black people fought fiercely for their own liberation and they had some white allies and co-conspirators. Is that distortion? Is the trail of tears distortion? Is what happened to our Chinese sisters and brothers distortion? Is the Japanese internment camps distortion? Because Jackson, I'm, I'm just trying to understand what kind of damn distortion this man is talking about. America, I'm telling you, he is dangerous. Jackson, your thoughts, I'm, I'm just, I'm, well, I'm beside myself right now over this. Well, and everything that you just listed too um, is the majority of American history. Um, a lot of inclusion is incredibly recent. A lot of laws that were passed to uh, protect minorities in any type of way is incredibly recent. And also, he, uh, uh, Florida, the Florida legislature just gave him $12 million to continue busing uh, migrants around the country. Um, you know, just a variety of these uh, moves that are being made. So ultimately, Ron DeSantis, as you point out, uh, the, the saddest thing is that this is really just pandering to people who are highly politicized online. But Again, it's leading to real world consequences, but you can't ignore the reality of America. I mean, if you just talk about the time of slavery, slavery was basically the glue that made the United States possible. It was it was automation of the time basically. And it was the one thing that was needed to keep the United States together. Um, if people, even if people wanted to go after slavery at the time, it just wasn't really 
doable because too many people who had the power in the country, that's how they made their money. That's how the country made its money. Everything was connected. The North invested in slaves, sent loans for slavery. So the whole thing was in cahoots. So really, you just have to basically erase all of American history and start maybe in like 1990. You know what I'm saying? Right. When does he want to start? Because yeah. some of those very same businesses, especially when you talk about insurance companies, still exist to this day. They insured Africans mm-hmm. and then their African American descendants. Mm-hmm. Some of these same institutions, how I mean Harvard and the likes. You know, you America would not be America without chattel slavery. And you know what? They had an opportunity to make it right, and it was called the American Revolution. So while they were fighting against King George and talking about you know Patrick Henry riding through talking about giving me liberty or give me you know give me liberty or give me death, but then they say oh, oh wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute there's one thing we want to hold over from the British and that's chattel slavery that you're going too far when you say we want we want black people to free no we don't want them to be free because we're gonna continue to treat them like they subhuman and when this dude fixes his mouth to say that 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 theories that are based on systemic racism, sexism, oppression, or privilege are that they that that he got a problem with that being taught that they are inherent in institutions of the United States. He's a walking billboard of how it is inherent in American in, in the in the American system itself. And we're talking about social, political, economic, all of it. And see, these mofos don't understand when we talk about systemic racism and anti-black. They better go and get the book on how to be less stupid about race, written by Dr. Crystal Fleming. You know what? I'm gonna buy that book. And mail it to the governor's mansion in Florida because this dude needs it. My stunt double weighed in, but damn it, I don't need my stunt double today because I'm I'm weighing in. Just period. The man is dangerous, America, and this is not being overstated. He's taking us back. So Ron DeSantis is not just pulling Florida into a segregationist past. He is borrowing sisters and brothers and family and friends from the same playbook of segregationists throughout history because this spirit is not new. Segregationist leaders in US history, let's put them up. Strom Thurmond, he was a US Senator of South Carolina from 1954 to 2003. George Wallace, the governor of Alabama, y'all see all the dates there started so in 1903. Cuz I know oh, who he is, I know who he is. I didn't know he was in yeah, office Strom for that Thurman. long. Oh, him and, him and, him and uh, President Joseph R. Biden used to rock hmm. together. Yeah, I knew but that. I, I got off track. Let me not get off track. Yeah, go ahead. Jack Grill, Grill, Attorney General of Louisiana from 1956 to 1972. This ain't ancient history. First of all, our country ain't old enough to have ancient history. Let me put that out there. That's the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth thing you need to know. And Ross, uh, Ross, uh, Ross Barnett, Governor of Mississippi from 1960 to 1964. And these are just a few because we could keep going. I mean, the list is long. As hell, unfortunately. But let's revisit what some of these monsters had to say when they were in power. Let's go ahead and start off with Strom Thurmond. All the laws of Washington and all the bayonets of the army cannot force the Negro into our homes, into our schools, our churches, and our places of recreation and and amusement. That was Strom Thurmond, US Senator of South Carolina, 1954. To 2003. Let's go keep. When he retired, I I think he was in his 90s, like 90. He was 90 something. Sheesh. Check me out. Uh, somebody find that for for uh, look that up for us, and we can tell you right now in real time because 
Sachi could put it on his board. Let's go to George Wallace. In the name of the greatest people that have ever trod this earth, I draw the line in the dust and toss the gauntlet before the feet of tyranny. And I say segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. That's governor of Alabama, George Wallace, starting in 1963 and taking it all the way to 1987. Y'all hear me about that? That ain't ancient history, that's recent history. That is the kind of governor that DeSantis is, he's dangerous. Let's just go ahead and go on to Ross Barnett. There is no case in history where the Caucasian race has survived social integration. We will not drink from the cup of genocide. Okay, That's just so, wrong. <laughs> I mean, this is all about white. <laughs> It's just not true either. Like Rome was no. very multicultural. Like what? It's not true. But this this is what DeSantis is stoking. This and DeSantis is taking a page straight out of the playbook of these folks and bringing their ideology to the 21st century. He just cloaking it a little differently, but it's the same. It's the same. DeSantis is more dangerous again than, than Donald J. Trump because he is in charge right now. He's using his power right now to do these things. And Trump can promise he's gonna do these things. There's no guarantee, God forbid, that Trump was gonna get back in power at all. But Ron DeSantis is in power right now, Florida. Right now, America, and he's given us a preview of the kind of man he is and how he is inebriated with power and how he would use power to kill and to steal and to destroy. We gotta call it what it is. Now, here's some footage, because this, this is what DeSantis ranting is reminding me of. I wanna take a look at this footage, and it's people like him while they queuing up the footage. That right there, it's people like him and Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama who have proven that we are not that far removed from the segregationist era in many ways we are living in. I want you to take a good look at this. And for those of you who are listening and are not looking, we are playing historic footage from the 60s with civil rights marching the street and how you got people who work for government, i.e. police officers, firefighters and other officials using dogs. On innocent black people who are just sitting up there marching for freedom and justice and liberation. We are showing water hoses. Those water hoses are not being picked up by just any old regular white citizen. The firefighters got those hoses. The police officers are sicking those dogs that black people's taxes were paying for. This right here, America, is what DeSantis is trying to take us back to with his rhetoric. So if it's painful for you to watch, if you are offended by this, you should be offended by this. What are you gonna do about it so that we don't go back to this time? Jackson, your, your final thoughts on this. I, I, well, we're gonna talk about Tommy Toberville, but this is right here. This is what DeSantis, this is the kind of America, as you said, the further we go back, we can go back even further. This is the kind of America that this man is trying to bring back in the 21st century. And I mean, like, how one, how can you erase this? And two, like, if you look at if you look at footage like this, what can you really say? You know what I mean? Because at the time, uh, the conservatives of the time were just against plain and simply integration. You know what I'm saying? They didn't want to integrate schools. They didn't want to integrate the workplace, and it really wasn't any more complicated than that. And they thought that they, you know, they thought people who wanted integration were doing too much, were asking for too much. But I'm still mind blown about that. I did not know that Strom Thurmond was in. That man was in office from the time my father was three years old 
until I was in the fifth grade. My dad was born in 1951. That's why I was taken because I know my who dad he too. is. I was like, what? My dad like, too. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's very like, American. Did you is find it not? out how old he was when he left the the Senate, the U.S. Um, he yeah, had to have been 90 something, but no, that, something. that's I, very I American. That's I want to give American. people the right answer. And then, you know, look at this. This right here, this is Tommy Turberville just last week. Let's take a look at this. We are losing in the military so fast our readiness in terms of recruitment. And why? I can tell you why. Because the Democrats are attacking our military, saying we need to get out the white extremists, the white nationalists, people that don't don't believe in, in our agenda. As as uh, Joe Biden agenda, uh, they're destroying it. You mentioned the Biden administration trying to prevent um, white nationalists from being in the military. Do you believe they should allow white nationalists in the military? Well, they call them that. I call them Americans. <laughs> they call them that, but we call them America. I mean, what else we need to say on this, Jackson? Yeah. What else needs to be said? He spoke for himself. He, he he spoke for himself, and it's all also hilarious too about like whether it be the military or just like corporations. You might want to offer more if if you're having a problem or a shortage. But also too, I mean, America's not under any type of huge threat. This isn't like World War II times, so people aren't like, oh boy, I want to go die. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not that complicated. But it, as you said, there's really nothing else to add. He he spoke for himself. He they're Americans, you know, and we need them in the ranks. Yeah, I mean, they really, they, they don't care if they turn huh. this country upside down with their foolishness and mayhem. And then let us not forget that DeSantis is also using his power in an absolute nature. He's using it to reset the rules in the state of Florida for his run for president. We mentioned how DeSantis is being backed by his state's legislature. And as he prepares for his 2024 run, he's going, he's going all out authoritarian. That's, that's what he is. I mean, dictator of Florida. Let's just go and call him that. DeSantis is poised to sign a bill that would exempt him from Florida's resign to run. I'm gonna just pause right there. I want y'all to let that marinate. Would exempt him from Florida's resign to run law so that he won't have to give up his office in order to run for president. Under existing state law, if he were to run, DeSantis would have to submit a resignation letter before Florida's qualifying deadline this year and step down by inauguration day in 2025. Ain't that something? I mean, bending the rules. To fit his needs. Let's go on further. Last month, Republicans in the state legislature passed a measure that says the restriction does not apply to those running for president or vice president. Since when? The bill also imposes sweeping new voting restrictions in the state and will make it much harder for nonprofits to do voter registration drives. So while we while we're while we're rigging the game, let's just go ahead and continue to rig it. And, and rig it so that it makes it harder for people to get people registered to vote. We got a few more gems in here. DeSantis also signed a bill last week that will shield records related to his travel from public view. The, the new law exempts all of DeSantis's past and future travel from disclosure under Florida's public records law, one of the most transparent in the United States. And lastly, if that is not enough family and friends, sisters and brothers, it also exempts the state from having to disclose the names of people who meet with the governor at his office or mansion or travel with him, said Barbara 
Peterson, the executive director of the Florida Center for Government Accountability, who has worked on transparency laws for more than three decades in the state. As far as I am concerned, he is treating the state of Florida like his own private corporation. That's what's happening right here, right now. You know what, Florida? You ain't the sunshine state, okay? You bringing us a whole lot of whole lot of clouds and rain and thunder, Florida. This Florida, y'all, y'all, y'all gotta stop this man. You should not allow him, even if you want to see him be president, which I hope that you do not, God forbid. You should not let this man run roughshod over your state and treat the state of Florida like it's, it's his own private corporation. If the man want to work for a corporation, then resign, sir. And go work for a damn corporation instead of being the governor of what was the great state of Florida. America, we gotta do something about this. Let that marinate. Jackson and I'll be right back after this. And welcome back to the show. We're gonna do some live reads, Jackson, and then we're gonna go straight to comments. So Justice is coming. We're about four months away from the book release of Justice is Coming, how progressives are going to take over the country and America's going to love it. If you have not pre-ordered it yet, you can do so by scanning the Q code or going to tyt.com slash justice. That is tyt.com slash justice. A majority of our country is progressive. It's time to fix Washington. Justice is coming. And there's a battle plan. This is written by our very own Jink Uger. You are not going to want to miss this. So go ahead, go ahead and pre-order. And on, on Boss, you can get us on video on demand. So if in fact you can't listen in real time right now live, you can. So those of you who are listening live or watching live, let them know they can get us on video on demand. And also you can get us wherever you get your podcast. Bye-bye Santos on Shop TYT. So new merch dropped at Shop TYT. The other day, Anna Kasparian read a comment asking for a Bye Santos type of design. You asked for it and we delivered. Get that the boy new going design. Bye-bye <laughs> Bye -bye Santos, go ahead and get your, get your shirt. Oh, so now we're going into comments. We got Dana Manning. Hell yeah. I love the Nina Turner Jackson White combo. I <laughs> do too. Oh fire. I do too. You know what I'm saying? It's always like, oh, I'm gonna be on with Nina today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> even if I'm gonna have a bad day. I've been telling people, you really are one of my favorite people in politics. I ain't even just saying that either. So it's kind of it, well, it's not kind of cool, it's really cool. I'm like, I just kind of stumbled my way onto doing a show with you every Monday. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> you didn't stumble your way, and thank you, Jackson. I feel, <laughs> feel the same way about you on our Mondays. Dragon nurse photographer Nina, every one of us watching you are screaming the F-bomb for you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I dropped it anyway. Let me tell you, something, I don't trust people who don't cuss. I'm just gonna tell you. I just, I just trust you. Something <laughs> right. Something right with you. Okay. And then Mike Boy for Mayor. Hey, Mike Boy for Mayor. Great glasses today. Thank you, darling. I appreciate that. Spur Tech Dragon. The Dragon Squad is in full effect today. I see. Happy Monday, everyone. Thank you for that, Spur Tech Dragon. I'm sure many people, including myself, needed that. Happy Monday. And Soul Almighty, love that name. Nina, I really hope sometimes you walk around with your theme music, even if you're just chilling at home. <laughs> 
Thank you, darling. Yes, I need to try that out. I haven't done that yet, but I'm gonna do that, Jackson. I think that's great advice. I think me. so too. My my theme song gonna gonna be the Look of Love by Isaac Hayes. I'm just gonna okay. have that, I'm just gonna have that playing at all times. You at know all what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. Yes, everybody needs a theme song. Uh, stir stir little turd. The news feels so heavy by the time we reach unboss, but that intro song always gets me hyped and restores some hope and ready for some more truth. Love you, Nina. Thank you, darling, for that. It gets me stirred up too, and I need it as well at times. And then on YouTube Super Chat, Stephanie, hey, Stephanie, that hair is fierce, Nina. Thank you, darling. I just threw it up in the bun. I just threw it up in the bun. Sometimes you just make a perfect bun on accident. You know what oh, I'm saying? Like, like when you try really hard to make a good bun, it never comes out. But it's always when you're just like, eh. and it's like this oh, was this, by accident. Oh, by accident. So thank you, Jackson, and thank you, Stephanie, for that. And Donald James X. I saw Jackson earlier. He just he's just on fire with Nina. Oh Both. yeah, thank you. Thank you. You must have tuned in to my show, Politics and Paper. You know what I'm saying? So you were going in, huh? <laughs> yeah, like you're doing right now. I was. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for your comments. We really do appreciate you. And thank you all for supporting the show and the TYT network. So from moving from DeSantis to Donald J. Trump himself, this weekend Trump was set to have a rally in Iowa. But was canceled due to bad weather. I wonder if that's a sign. So to make it up, with the fans, he called into the Reawaken America rally and had some exciting words for Wackadoodle. Oh, Michael Flynn, take a listen. Stay wealthy and healthy and well and everything. I want you to have great lives in general. You just have to stay healthy because we're bringing you back. We're going to bring you back. My wife's going crazy. You general, I'll tell you what, and I'm, I knew it from day one. You're really um, somebody very special. And when I hear that uh, applause in the audience, when I just say a few nice things, I could say I could go on for a long time about you. But that was the voice of President Donald J. Trump with uh, Flynn, General Flynn, saying I can go on and on. Now Flynn went on to launch the Reawaken America tour in the months after the January 6th insurrection in the US Capitol. He wasn't motivated to do that, to, to say to these people you were wrong all day long to try to overthrow free and fair elections. Oh no, oh no, he wanted to stoke the flame. So here's a little more about the tour, because I know you just dying to get more details. Since early last year, the tour has traveled across the country, hosting conferences, featuring conspiracy theorists, pastors, and pro-Trump speakers. NPR has described each stop as part conservative Christian revival, part QAnon expo, and part political rally. I mean, this brew, they got it going. This is coming from Newsweek. The poster for the tour itself is nightmare inducing. Jesus Christ. Y'all see that? I mean, really, that, that's kind of scary. It looked like a WWE poster or something. Like it's just like, like they about to come out breaking it. Like, you know, those shows, strong men shows that they like break ice and stuff like that. Yeah. It looked like one of them, like it's a monster truck rally or something. But they be having those masculine testosterone conferences and stuff. So, you know, they 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 all do this. But well, keep in mind too, not only is Donald Trump apparently gonna bring back Flynn, he also said if he's reelected, he's gonna bring back his big beautiful Muslim travel ban. 
So he also promised to bring that back. But you know, notice in the crowd, he was like, I, I can tell you're still pretty popular. I said something good about you and the crowd just lost its mind and went crazy. But um, yeah, but uh, these people unfortunately uh, cause a lot of problems. It's like they're goofy, but but you gotta take them seriously enough to, to shut them down. You know what I mean? Cause, cause uh, these people are dangerous as you pointed out. But yeah. I mean, it's just crazy that the Republican party can't get rid of this clown. Like he's a clown, he's a complete clown, but. But in control, I mean, he got over 70 million votes and that is nothing to sneeze at, that oh. is real. No matter how many people want to dismiss this man, he got over 70 million votes. And what does that say about America? More importantly, not just mm -hmm. Donald J. Trump. And they are using religion, obviously, to spread disinformation, which is so sad. The tour's most recent stop drew protests from Christian organizations sounding the alarm about Christian nationalism, which you can see here. You can see all of this, what we're putting up right here. Stop twisting faith to attack democracy. Good on them to point that out. Faithful America, stop twisting faith to attack, attack America. That's exactly what they're doing. Amanda Tyler, the lead organization of Christians Against Christian Nationalism stated the following. We organized a Christian counter witness and so glad that they did because we are horrified to see the faith we hold dear being used to spread lies, violence, theocracy, she added. It. We are here to say to the millions of Christians across the country who are likewise horrified and angry about Christian nationalism, you are not alone. You know, good on them for pushing back. I think that's great. We're going to continue to watch this. Jackson brought up a very good point, which is, you know, this president craves attention, he craves the applause, and that's really what feeds him. That That's, that's, that's like putting gasoline on the fire. The more people praise and lift and applaud, the more he thinks that he's supposed to go on and on and on and on. So that is what President Donald J. Trump is promising to do. Of course, we're gonna keep you posted on this and other happenings. WTF neoliberal. So we went from going all into the Republicans to now having a WTF neoliberal moment. President Biden's bike ride delusion. President Joe Biden took questions from reporters this weekend. It's where we took them or it's where we took them that has me saying WTF neoliberal. We will now kneel. Miss Cinema. Miss Cinema. No. I have a problem figuring out whether you're for Mayor Trump and you ain't black. How do you think things are going at the border, sir? Much better than much, much better than you all expected. <laughs> do you have any plans to visit no, the border? No, I think. Pardon me. Do you have any plans to visit the border? Not in the near term. No, no, just be disruptive, not anything else. I sigh deeply. I mean, is this the face of someone who cares about really what's taking place? at the border. I mean, the president really had a very cavalier attitude about all of this, saying things are going better than you all expected. Excuse me, Mr. President, are you looking at the same border situation as the rest of America? And this incident happened over the weekend, just days after Title 42 was lifted. Thursday at midnight was the deadline for lifting Title 42, the Trump era COVID-19 policy that restricted the ability of migrants to remain on US soil as they seek asylum due to the public health emergency. Critics of the Biden administration have been sounding the alarm for a catastrophic wave of migrants. And even President Joe Biden acknowledged he expected there to be some 
chaos at the border following the end of the policy. However, the flow of migrants has been much lower than expected. But Biden also commented on the debt ceiling, which has been at a standstill. On tougher work requirements, he said that he voted for tougher aid programs in law, not but for Medicaid, Medicaid is a different story. So I'm waiting to hear what their exact proposal is. And again, this is President Biden going back to originally who he really is, Jackson. Biden, I mean, he just needs to stop it as far as I'm concerned with the dark Brandon BS. It really well, and, and two, it's just kind of like, you know, let's not pretend like he didn't have like the, you know, best security on earth right next to him while he was riding by, you know, he's, oh, I'm just an old man riding my bike next to the border. You know, <laughs> there's nothing going on here. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, pretty much anybody with eyes can see that the border is a mess. Um, obviously, it's in a lot of ways just a deflection that Republicans are always complaining about it, especially because our border has been a mess for a very long time. This isn't like yeah. a new situation, uh, especially you know given our, our drug policies, which absolutely add fuel to the fire in terms of people escaping their countries because uh, the drug money made here goes back to the cartels there. So there's no real action uh, being taken to do anything about these migrants, uh, which is the bigger problem, uh, no matter who's in office, unless something's actually done to make life better in those countries that they're fleeing, people are gonna continue to, to rush here and do everything they can to come in, which is also why building a wall won't work, but you know. Yeah, the push and pull factors, I mean, the whole story about this, Jackson, so you're absolutely right. We will also keep you posted on this, but Jesus, people, I, I just can't, between these two parties, I just can't. Oh, we going on to Senator Christian Cinema. She loves running. She loves it so much. Sometimes we wonder if it's actually her full time job, and she's not actually a senator at all. Maybe her stunt double is in the Senate for her. But a recent discovery has her in trouble. Check out this headline from the Daily Beast: How Christian Cinema uses campaign cash for her marathon habit. Senator Cinema loves to run marathons and to use campaign cash to pay for her stays at swanky hotels during those marathons. I mean, because what? After all, what is a good marathon without a swanky hotel? Y'all criticizing her for staying in swanky hotels. So let's break it down, shall we? It starts with the tweet. Cinema put out last year after running in the Boston Marathon. And it reads, ran the Boston Marathon yesterday. It's been a long road to get there, to get here. I kept running qualifying marathons, but the pandemic and then a broken foot had other plans for me. Couldn't be more grateful to have two strong feet and one happy heart, this Boston Marathon. Not included in this tweet was how long she turned it into a fundraising junket, thus allowing her campaign to cover the thousands of dollars in expenses she would have incurred herself by traveling to the race. So, you know, she getting a whole bunch out of this one. Let, this is called multitasking. I guess that's what she would call it. Let me run the marathon. And if I throw a campaign, if I throw a fundraiser, then I can get the campaign to pay for my swanky hotel stays. Now, according to Federal Election Commission records, cinema collected over 16 thousand dollars in campaign contributions from a handful of Massachusetts based donors in April of 2022. Many of them at the maximum level suggesting she held some type of fundraiser if a small one. There's further evidence in the filings from cinema's 
personal political action committee getting stuff done pack, which spent over $1,500 on meeting meals and event supplies at Boston area businesses the week of the race. The Daily Beast drove further. In April of 2022, Cinema's campaign paid over $8,000 in lodging expenses at a unspecified Ritz Carlson, a Ritz Carlson, excuse me, hotel. Because what is a good marathon without a good Ritz Carlson, Carlton, excuse me, in your life? Can't run a Boston Marathon without the Ritz. They go together, which is exactly where Cinema was in this photo from the tweet. That we showed you earlier. So, Jackson, any final thoughts on this segment? Kirsten Cinema does not care about her job as senator. Like, she really doesn't. Like, that's like kind of like a position that she's in. And wherever she goes next, she's just gonna follow the money. You know what I'm saying? Like, if she loses elections, she's not like, I really don't think she cares about that job at all. It's just like a position that she's in where she gets attention because I think she likes when people talk about her, even if it's, you may look at her, you know what I'm saying? She's always snarky on purpose, but also um, reports came out and I was talking about this, I think two or three weeks ago where she she spent like $20,000 on wine in the last couple of years. That's a lot of money on wine. Cause you know, you, you can get some decent wine at the grocery store for like 15, 16, maybe $19, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I say, I was like, whoa, she, I mean, like you said, I mean, what, what's, what's a marathon? Without a Ritz Carlton bed to kick your legs up there afterwards, and what's a campaign dinner without the most expensive wine you can possibly get your hands on, paid for by uh, your constituency? So yeah. uh, she she does her thing, you know what I'm saying? She she definitely does. The owner donors in full effect, <laughs> and that wasn't the first time Cinema did this. Oh no 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 no! It happened six other times because you get oh. rid, get away with it once, you do it again and again and again and again and again because nothing's gonna happen. Here are three examples: examples of races where Senator Cinema brought in money. May 2019, Mountains to Beach Marathon. June 2021, Light at the End of the Tunnel. In October 2021. Boston Marathon that she didn't even run, and it was her highest raise anyway. I mean, she really got a good little, good little griff going on, right? Yeah, there. she do, and she put in work for it too, because uh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm big on endurance and stuff as well. And a uh, marathon is not easy to run, so you know she putting in that leg work. You feel me? She putting so in the leg work. She putting it in. <laughs> she putting it in, and this all might be legal, folks. Under FEC rules, candidates can not use campaign funds to fulfill any commitment, obligation, or expense of a person that would exist irrespective of their running for or holding public office. Senator Cinema may be following the letter of that rule, but is pushing into a great area by appearing to tie legitimate campaign activity to unrelated personal pursuits. Oh, baby, that's gray. It's real gray. Real dark gray, that gray area is big. It's big gray area. But one thing is clear for cinema: triathlons and marathons are her life. Her deep commitment to training and traveling for races extends well into her duties as senator, sometimes even overriding them. Yeah, Senator Cinema, run, run, Senator, run. She taking that literally, isn't she? Run. Yeah. And two, I mean, I'm glad that you pointed that out because again, like, 
running what 26 point something miles like you have to basically constantly be training for that like you you can't right you, you can't just do it sometimes it's like not a it's, 5k that's for sure no no it's definitely not so again like you're right like it in order to be in that kind of shape and do it consistently yeah you're that's kind of a lot of what you're doing yeah she training yeah she ain't taking care of her constituents that's for dag on sure but she training <laughs> Oh, Siberia goes Australia on gun violence. Siberia dealt with two tragic mass shootings to start this month of May. And what happened? They took action. Unlike over here in our country, this headline right here, Serbia, I'm sorry, Serbia. I'm on Siberia, y'all forgive me. A Serbia, guns, grenades, and rocket launchers among 13,500 weapons surrendered after a mass shooting. It ain't take them all day in Serbia to figure this out. The government declared, this right here, the government declared a one month amnesty period for citizens to surrender unregistered weapons as part of a crackdown on guns following the two shootings in two days this month that left 17 people dead, many of them children. My God, we got a lot to learn. Serbia didn't play with this thing. The article goes on, authorities launched the gun crackdown after a 13 year old boy on May the 3rd took his father's gun and opened fire on his fellow students in an elementary school in central Belgrade. A day later, a 20 year old man used an automatic weapon to shoot randomly in a rural area south of Belgrade. Didn't take them all day. Authorities have said that people caught with illegal weapons once the amnesty period ends could face prison sentences of up to 15 years if they are convicted. They are not playing Jackson in Serbia. Yeah, and I think that stuff like this just reflects a general concern for the well-being of your citizenry. Um, and because there's no question about why we don't act on guns here, it's just corruption. You poll the American people, we bottom out at 80% when it comes to common sense gun regulation. It's pretty much 82% and up when it comes to age uh, limitations, stronger background checks, uh, waiting like maybe a three, even 25 day waiting period before you can get your weapons. Actually, uh, New York, uh, up here where I'm at, um, they just had, I think Buffalo it was, they had like a buyback program. Um, and people who turned in like semi-automatics got like a $500 gift card and then $150 gift card for every weapon turned in. And two, like a lot of gun owners, they don't own just one gun. You know, a lot of gun owners own many guns. So stuff like this absolutely makes a difference. And we saw that it worked. Um, but it's just, I mean, before we started this show, I mentioned too, I got a breaking news notification on my phone that there was some mass shoot. There was some shooting in New Mexico. Three people got killed. A couple of police officers got killed. And so like, there's just really no way to say like, oh, well, this isn't a political issue. First and foremost, basically everything within society is or can be a political issue. And people getting shot up and killed every other day at this point, basically, it's not like every few months. At this point, it's like right. several times a week. There's no way that you can say that it's not political. That's right. Um, so this isn't a complicated problem. It's just the money. There it is. It's the owner donors, and they fear the NRA and that gun lobby. And Serbian president, I mean, good on Serbia. Serbian president Alexander Vojcik 
spoke on this crackdown on guns the following. After June 8th, the state will respond with repressive measures and punishments will be very strict. What does anyone need, why or what does anyone need an automatic weapon for or all these guns? You better go ahead and say that Mr. President, yeah. if only, if only our president would stand up and say the same thing. If only we had a Congress in whole or in majority that would stand up to this gun lobby and say the same thing and ask the same question. What does anyone need an automatic weapon for? You ain't hunting with no damn automatic weapon or all these guns. I mean, they taking this seriously. And then it take hundreds of children over decades to die or adults to die for them to get a clue about what needs to be done. It is different. And Serbia to list is to a to a list of countries. They put a list of countries that have responded in decisive fashion to mass shootings with actual gun reform. They are they're added to that list. So we got New Zealand, Norway, United King Kingdom, and Austria. Australia. I mean, that's it. Australia. That and one country you don't see on the list. <laughs> you already know what it is. Our country, the United States. Of America. And although mass shootings are not unique in the United States, the country has the highest rate of gun deaths among rich countries, more than eight times higher than Canada and nearly a hundred times higher than the UK. And we got more guns than we got men, women, and children and other folks in this country than than, than people. Let's just go and say that than people. And it's a lot States. of people here. A lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Over 300 million of us. And we got more hmm. guns. This headline from ABC News last week. Hey, states at all, there have been more mass shootings than days in 2023. The database shows. That's yeah. it. <laughs> there have been 202 mass shootings so far this year, and we're only almost in, no, we're today, we're in mid May, right now, that part. So the US. Definitely sells. I mean, we're we're a big arms dealer too. So let's just go ahead huge. and take it there. We, <laughs> hey, let's just take it there. We are a huge arms dealer, the United States of America. And sometimes we don't think about the country in that way, but I want you to start thinking about the country in that way. Congress has not addressed gun violence in this country, and President Biden has promised to take action on gun violence. He's taken none. The only problem is it turns out that his administration has been engaging in selling guns to some of the most brutal dictators on the planet. So while we talk about these people and how egregious the way they run their government, we talk about them, but we ain't about it. Because wherever we can get a dollar or two, selling it to some of the worst dictators on the planet and then got the nerve to fix their mouths, as my grandmother would say, to talk about these people. This right here, Biden is selling weapons to the majority of the world's autocracies. That's what the, that's what the man doing. Yeah, I think I just saw that from the independent too. I think it's like 57% of them or something or, or, or yeah. somewhere around there. Um, yeah, billions of dollars uh, every year are sold to kind of, and to like to cartels. Like that's cartels get most of their weapons from the United States. From the albeit, United States. You know, albeit more likely than not uh, under the table, but still agent, uh, corrupt agents who work in the government, that's where they're getting their guns from. Under the um, table, over the table, yeah. around the table. Yeah. Yeah. It's happening, Jack. And this right here, I mean, Intercept. According to an Intercept review of recently released government data, yep, I was right. The U.S. sold weapons to at least 57% of the world's 
autocratic countries. And I, I, I'm just I'm laughing to not cry or to not scream or to not throw stuff in this office, in this, in this studio. Since the end of the Cold War, the United States has been the world's biggest weapons dealers. <laughs> okay, y'all know what's coming. Okay, awesome. <laughs> the biggest, yeah, the biggest dealer, accounting for forty percent of all arms exports in a given year. Let's put this graph up. That, hey, Sus, put this up for me, baby. And here's a graph that really breaks this all down. U.S. sold weapons to fifty-seven percent of the world's autocracies <laughs> in 2022. Y'all see this? You hear what I'm saying? For. I, America now, good old fashioned America, who would talk junk about these people, but they selling them. The right, we, we giving them the guns though. Giving them the guns, <laughs> I mean, it's hypocrisy. Yeah. And, and next graph, US arms sales in 2022 exceed, exceed Trump air highs. Of Let's course, go and of stay course. Right here for the of remainder course. of the show team. Let's just go and stay right here, Jackson. <laughs> this is it, I feel my blood boiling back up. U.S. arms sales in 2022 exceed Trump era highs. Look at this shit. Set big goals, you know what I'm saying? I mean, but literally, that's what they're doing. Like they're 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 really doing this. They're making the world a more dangerous place. And when you look at stuff like this, or you look at like military spending, that's basically what it is. It's billions like, of dollars. That yeah. That's billions, billions of dollars. Just and, and it's just weapons of death. And especially too, like it, one of the things that you said about like like AR-15s, for instance, like that is just a weapon of war. You, you can't even war. really effectively protect your house with, you know That's what I'm it. saying? Like, That's so it. it's just, yeah. So you know what? We don't want to hear. We don't want to hear their nonsense because their actions are speaking louder than their words. So when they fix their mouths to talk about any dictator. In any country around the world, ask them why they supply, why they supply, why they the dealers, why they the pushers of weapons of mass destruction. They pushers. That's what they are, they pushers. Lord have mercy on my black soul today. That's it. I got to call out the black soul today, not just any soul. Lord have mercy on it. And that's our time today. Action Jackson, it was so good to have you was, here today. Was. I was not feeling all revved up when the show started, but between the theme song and you uh, and some other things, I, I'm starting to feel a little better. Thank you for joining us. Can't wait till next Monday. And thank each and every one of you for being on the show with us today. It definitely was a roller coaster ride today. Thank you for being on. You know when you watch Unbossed, baby, you got to strap up <laughs> in terms of click, click, strap in your seat. Not strap up the other way, but strap into. <laughs> we'll do that to too. You know what I'm strap on up into the seat. <laughs> All right, that is it. You know what I want you to do about this time? I want you to keep the faith. Always do that. But more importantly, I want you to keep the fight. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.